You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Hi, I'm here, and I am wearing a shirt. Is, um, that, is that something newsworthy? Have I been recording with a shirtless Ben Chapman this whole time? No, I just, I'm, I'm trying to nail down a catchphrase that's accurate every time I do it. And I think that's that tends to be the case that I wear a shirt. All right, just start the episode, Pogues. God damn it. Sorry, guys, I'm going too deep into these taglines. Anyway, as you know, we've just rewatched The Hulk again uh, and no. doing another episode. Wait, no, never no. again. As far as I'm concerned, that movie never happened. Shit, but Pogues, I rewatched The Hulk. I thought that's what we were doing. This is a so, mini episode, Ben. God damn it. Wow, guys. Ben's, like, self-flagellating himself. Forgive my language. Um, we are here for another mini-sode. An excellent attempt to give you 20 minutes of a brief introduction to our next film that we'll be covering next week with a guest, as well as uh, any information that we need to pass along to you about the world of comic book movies. That sounds, that's, that's actually pretty accurate. I didn't know that's what we did, but apparently now <laughs> I do know. I like to give things structure. So uh, we're fresh off of our Mystery Man episode with my good friend, Jeffrey Alvarez. Yes. It was a good episode. It's a really good episode. Why didn't you listen to it, listener? In which uh, we discuss the insane cast of Mystery Men, its absurd origins, its its director that directed one and only one movie, and also my somehow misappropriation of uh, assigning a love of Ben Stiller to a friend that doesn't have any particular opinion on Ben Stiller. Um, It seemed like he might have had an opinion, which was he didn't really care for him. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> it seemed like that's what was really sticking in his crawl. Not really sure where I uh, picked that up from, but I did, oh. and it made me uh, embarrassed. And it's on recording, and you can listen to my embarrassment in real time. You should listen to it, guys. It's probably the best part of one of these podcasts. <laughs> uh, we did get a interesting correction by way of somebody making oh. a reference that was not truly a correction, but our good friend, uh, a guest of the show before, Todd from the Basement Fodder podcast. Uh, wrote in to say that he loves William H. Macy. So oh. he, we, we said nobody has a strong opinion. We were wrong. Sorry. And when I when I mentioned, I said, I didn't think anyone had a strong opinion of William H. Macy. He replied back, he shovels better than most. So <laughs> I, just I mean, he's not that. wrong. Look, I, I, would like to, right, I, I would like to take this time right now to issue a formal apology to all Macy heads out there. Um Oh, we so get Todd. it. <laughs> we're sorry, oh, Todd. Yeah, so, 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 we're, we're incredibly sorry, Todd. Fargo is a great film. That's all I can think of also, that he's been possibly, in. Uh, William H. Macy's mother. Uh, he was in a little film called Jurassic Park 3. Oh, yeah. The best of the Jurassic Park movies. <laughs> he was also in <laughs> films that ha- I possibly that. You know what? Let's just move on. <laughs> I am William H. Macy. You may know me from films. Um, I'm sure, like, there's somebody listening right now that is like, <laughs> really, guys? Because I feel like he's in all those, like, best in show. And um, Yeah, yeah. There's someone listening and it's like, why do these guys have a movie podcast? They don't seem to know movies. <laughs> or more than just like, why the fuck do they have, a like, an axe to grind with William H. Macy? <laughs> I'll tell you why. I saw him at a Starbucks. He wouldn't sign an autograph for me. Also, it may not have been William H. Macy. <laughs> Just a guy. I could get like, a signature so I can't be sure. 
Yes, a man who is very displeased by me constantly asking him to sign my cup. Oh, I love it. Well, uh, as always, we are here to inform you of our next film. And fuck, man, I am excited about this next one. <laughs> excited is an interesting term to use. Oh, God, I'm really into it. I love me some cheesy monster movies. And this is a cheesy monster movie from someone known to be not a cheesy monster movie maker, but known to be someone uh, as sort of a, a, a legend in the world of horror movies and not in like a sardonic or sarcastic way i mean he's genuinely the yes. name comes to a lot of people's minds when yeah think, probably yeah the name when in some ways when people think of like horror films and we're, of course we're talking about wes craven and his 1982 film swamp thing that's right you may have thought oh he probably directed a blade movie because he would be like vampires would make sense no swamp thing nope uh, a comic book character that's not particularly like you know universally beloved i guess would be the way to describe him i think we talk about this a lot and we have a lot of fans who get <laughs> who get up in arms and like how dare you besmirch the name I, I but i think what we're talking about here is we're talking about a character that if you walked up to your average person and asked hey swamp thing they'd be like i think that's a comic like they would probably yeah, get I, confused with like creature of the black lagoon or something they probably get yeah, it all like they, jumbled they, up. they're not sure which one's man thing which one's swamp thing who owns <laughs> which they're not yeah. sure swamp things are i'm not saying he's not a good character i'm not saying that i have not read and enjoyed swamp uh, thing. So a very like, long run of swamp thing he's like a wet groot is that what you're saying yeah it's just <laughs> i just don't think that you know like when you say superman He's a he's a universally beloved character. Right, right, right. I don't think tons of people are like swap things in my top ten. <laughs> no, you're right. With that being said, I I have read a fair amount of Swamp Thing comics in my time that I'm a big fan of. Of course, I got you, you got to go to the obvious one. Everyone always talks about uh, the Alan Moore run of Swamp yeah, Thing, yeah, which is the one I've read, which is like in the mid years worth of comics, I think. Yeah, it's a lot. I don't think I read the whole thing, but it's also it's famous for both being well good, uh, but also for um, for being kind of a rescue act for because Swamp Thing was not doing so hot after its first initial run. Um, it wasn't it's... like didn't have a lot of longevity, uh, and when uh, when more picked it up, it kind of took back off again. It's also uh probably most well known to the, in the swamp thing mythos because it completely changed his swamp things origin yeah yeah it does it removes the idea that he is um a man who falls into a swamp and becomes the swamp thing because he's doused with chemicals and it turns out the swamp thing is actually just an elemental who has always existed but thinks that he is the man who jumped into the swamp and it goes through some very interesting things there's some really great stories in the swamp thing run and includes the creation of uh, John Constantine. That's where he came from, was from the issue he appears in Swamp Thing during Alan Moore's run. So there you go, guys. Enjoy. I, sh I should probably double-check that fact. <laughs> but I'm 90% sure that's true. <laughs> but he stayed on for like 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 40 or 50 books. It was quite a long run for Alan Moore. Um, of course, the, uh, the actual comic started in 71, uh, and like most comics appearing in an anthology book, not at all um, related to its own own line. Uh, this case, uh, House of Secrets ninety two. Um, yeah, Swamp Thing is like we said, it's not something that comes to everyone's mind right away when it comes to comic book stuff, but it is still a pillar within the uh, the DC universe for sure. Um, this movie, Pogues and I watched a trailer right before we recorded. 
I, I have never seen it. Pogue says he may have seen it on the Sci-Fi Channel way yeah, back like in the day. Yeah, like years ago when I was a, a young man. So Wow, it, it looks... I mean, it is very non-Wes Craven. It is like a rubber suit man like, and running is, around. And it is, when he says rubber suit man, he just means <laughs> literally a man in a rubber suit. Like, not like a rubber suit that looks like Swamp Thing, but is in like a rubber suit you would use to clean out, like you would put on to get into a septic tank to clean it out or something. Yeah, it's like, like an ill-fitting wetsuit, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does not look comfortable. It does not look at all like a Swamp Thing. He doesn't look like he's part of the, the swamp. He just looks like a very uncomfortable gentleman. <laughs> yeah, which is less catchy. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily yeah. tune in to very uncomfortable gentleman, gentleman Wait, number Wes one. Craven, Wes, Wes Craven's very uncomfortable gentleman in... Did you say Les Craven? <laughs> yeah, I did. Les Craven, because Wes Craven couldn't... He wouldn't direct... He didn't bring his whole game to this. This is Les Craven. <laughs> this is his brother, Les Craven, who does the knockoffs. <laughs> like Nightmare on Oak Street. <laughs> or Oak Boulevard, I guess, would have been better. <laughs> oh, oh, scary like, thoughts on Oak Street, yeah. It's yeah, like... yeah. Unpleasant dreams on <laughs> a cul-de-sac. A cul-de-sac. Yeah, but we were also talking before we started that um, it is interesting that Wes Craven was involved in this. What's more interesting is that this is Wes Craven's fucking hot streak right here that we're in. This is um, uh, this movie came out in 82, like we said earlier. Just to, just to keep you... In the context of where we're, we are with this with this legend, is um, his career began with Last House on the Left, considered a classic, written and, written and directed by Wes Craven in 72. We move on to Hills Have Eyes, written and directed, 77. Uh, Deadly Blessing. And then Swamp Thing, right before he went on to, I mean, like a couple years later, he's making Nightmare on Elm Street and all the subsequent Nightmare on Elm Streets. Um, like, that's, this, is, this is the middle of his, you know, I would call his peak. Uh, and, and so it's interesting what we saw on the trailer. And for those of you who've seen the movie and can recall it, you probably know what we're talking about. It's, um, it's very, not something you'd peg him with. Uh, so yeah, I'm, excited, was, I'm excited to get into it. I was going to say, if you decide not to watch this, you can rent it from Amazon. We checked, uh, go to Amazon, go to the instant video section and just watch the two minute clip they have, which is just the swamp thing walking around the Everglades with people throwing grenades at him, firing machine guns. <laughs> yeah. It is... At first I thought, I was like, I was like, oh, is this like a sizzle reel? Like, they cut it, and I was like, oh no, this is a literal scene in the movie. It's just shot after shot of a grenade blowing up behind some man, and him going, and falling over. It must happen seven times in a row. It's insane. <laughs> so if you're not going to watch the movie, at least check that out so you can get a good feel for what you're you're missing out on. Um, so here's the interesting thing. Obviously, it's written by Wes Craven, but it's co-written by a man named Len Wein, who is a uh, big fucking deal. <laughs> Just Google his fucking IMDb profile. You will be reading, um, you'll be scrolling for an hour. I mean, he wrote on every major like television series iteration of major comic book characters from the Swamp Thing TV series, the original Batman animated series from the 90s that was a huge hit. Uh, X-Men series that we all know from the 90s. He wrote uh, uh, The New Adventures of Batman, RoboCop, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. I mean, it goes on. Up until current, the dude's still writing. In fact, he's uh, he, 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 he had some contributions to the recent Logan and Deadpool. Yeah, that is because uh, Len Wein is actually got to start, is not surprisingly, as a comic book writer. He wrote for Swamp Thing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And he may or may not have been the man who created him. I think he may be. Uh, he worked on Wolverine, uh, X-Men. He worked on Justice League. He's had a long and award-filled career as a comic book writer for both DC and Marvel. Oh, yep. But uh, I am excited to, re- to review this movie. As always, we will uh, we'll be releasing an episode next week, hopefully with a guest uh, who can help uh, unravel some pieces of the Swamp Thing mythos and or just be a complete newcomer to this concept and speak to their utter confusion. Both are good. It's going to be uh, great either way. <laughs> uh, with that said, uh, let's dedicate a few minutes to a couple of news things that I wanted to mention to you, folks. All right. I, I'm Bring it on. So we'll start with the really good news, which is uh, Amazon is uh, committed to doing an adaptation of The Tick. Yes, which I'm holding my breath for because it's not worked before. <laughs> it's been It's been a rough road for attempts to do The Tick. I don't think they've all been bad necessarily, but they've none of them have really like hit a home run that has you know been like uh, a legend that everyone talked about. You know, yeah, it hasn't really like like landed hard. Uh, but I'm interested in this one tremendously because the talent that they they pulled for this version of the Tick is uh, a comedian that I very much enjoy, which is Peter Serafinowicz. Um, I will get his wrong name literally forever and uh, never stop, but. In he his is, defense, there's a lot of letters right next to each other. Very few of them look like vowels. He's a British actor and comedian. You, um, I know him from some great sketch show, the Peter Sanfanowitz show, in which he plays one of my favorite characters, uh, uh, Captain Butterfield. But um, he also is in a ton of pop culture hits from... He's weirdly the voice of like the four lines Darth Maul has in the Star Wars uh, uh, Phantom Menace. Which is... I just want people to really think about that. They paid... A British comedian to voice the four lines Darth Maul has. He does a lot of voice prequels don't make sense. He does a lot of voice acting, so it's not tremendous surprise. You may um, you may also pick him up from uh, you know relative to this podcast. He is in Guardians of the Galaxy. He plays one of the people from the um, Nova Corps. That's probably the most on screen. That's not John C. Riley, (laughs) the other one who calls him a bunch of a holes. Uh, that's Peter Stefanowitz. He also in Shaun of the Dead. He's um, he's Shaun's roommate. Um, I could go on. Uh, he's in a, he's in a, he's in a lot of stuff, uh, and he's really fucking funny. Uh, Parks and Rec. He's like the British royalty guy. I don't know. I could go on. Uh, uh, but he's he's tremendously funny. He's really good at dry wit. Really good at, at accents and caricatures. Uh, so I think he's going to be fantastic for the tick. So I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I actually, for some reason, apropos of nothing, I recently just reread uh, the Tick comics I have because I was like, oh, Man, I haven't read the Tick in forever. And it's, it's a bizarre but extremely funny series, and I absolutely. So it's good to see that he's trying to get back on that horse, and uh, maybe Bad Endlet will have better luck this time, uh, as this movie, as the Tick has been done before as a cartoon and as a live action with Patrick Walburton. Yep, which seems like great casting. Yeah, I mean, there was nothing particularly wrong with that show. It's fine. It's just not, like, really what you were looking for. You know, he does a good job as the tick, kind of, but he kind of plays him, like, putty from Seinfeld in a way. And Mm. it's like, I always picture the tick like he is in the cartoon, like, more one the way he is in the comic, like, boisterous, like, really excited to be who he is. So Right. And, you know, dealing with mental illness. Uh, in addition to that, there uh, is some bad news. <laughs> I Uh-oh. guess you could call it that. It's not really. I just noticed it and I thought it was Amazon worth it. has already canceled the ticket. 
No, but speaking of cancellations, uh, uh, NBC's Powerless has been canceled. It seems. Which one was Powerless? That's the we talked about that with Danny Pudi and. Okay, I couldn't remember what that show was called, so I was like, "Is that the?" The, I can't believe which is, it was canceled, Ben. Which is funny, because I sat... My, my wife had watched a couple episodes out of curiosity, and I watched it, and I was like, honestly, this is fine. <laughs> like, it wasn't bad. Uh, uh, I don't know if I go out of my way to, like, like watch a whole se- season of it, but it definitely seemed like a show that could certainly pick up steam after a first season and get somewhere. I mean, the talent in it is, is insane, and and, and uh, it, was, it was pretty... I enjoyed what I watched, but yeah, it did not... Um, Apparently it did not land with anyone. So nerds rejected it for not being for being too commercially tele, like you know broadcast TV, and people of yeah, traditional broadcast saying, TV didn't really go for a comic based uh, adjacent you know uh, TV show. So what, I, what are you gonna say, do? I think that was destined to fail, really, because there was no way they were going to appease their core audience, and no one outside of the core audience was going to care enough to watch it. You know I mean, I mean I, it's hard I, to say. Nerds are cool now. You know, Big Bang Theory will go on for a million years, even though that it's is that has nothing to do with manufactured. Nerds. That nerds, has nerds. that has to do with yeah, but, uh, but to fifty-year-old women who think what that's what nerds are. But to the standard view, of the, yeah, that 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 is what they think nerd nerds are, and it's like the show dealt with Palos dealt with super like nuanced concepts. It was just network TV. I'm just saying, I'm surprised. I've seen worse shows that went on for many seasons, so I'm surprised this didn't even get a full one. Um, anyhow, it's a shame. Uh, I'm sure everyone in it will find work because they're all, uh, really talented. We should do it for a pilot project now that we know it won't be on for another season. <laughs> fine with me. Um, so the last thing I wanted to say is, uh, I was talking to some other people about the next comic book movie to come out, and I realized that I had a pretty hazy idea of the schedule, so I just wanted to run some titles past you. Uh, obviously coming up really fast is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. There's already a million trailers and ads out for it, so I don't it's think it's already, possible that you forgot that was coming it's out. It's already been released in foreign countries, which I was surprised at. I did not think oh, wow. they they release movies usually ahead just due to yeah. copyright laws being different in foreign countries and the increased chance of, not like I'm bad-mouthing foreign countries, but there are some foreign countries where it's not illegal to record a movie and then put it online. So right. I was surprised, but it, it's already been released in huge chunks of the world. It's gotten fairly good reviews. Um, we'll have to see. Maybe we can, maybe we'll have to talk about doing that next time. I don't know. But yeah. I think it's a good idea. Uh, uh, coming up in June uh, is Wonder Woman, a movie that we've talked about before based on the trailers that has seemed to be quite good, potentially one of the only DC movies that has looked like it has a solid footing. Yeah, which is great. I'm I'm glad that it looks like it's going to be good, and I'm looking forward to to checking that one out, too. It also does not hurt that, you know, Gail Gadot, I think is actually how you say her name, because she's not French, she's Israeli, which I didn't know until I watched her in an interview. Shows say people keep saying her name wrong, but she is a very gorgeous woman. (laughs) So I'm interested to see, though, how they mix the World War I in, so maybe we'll do that, too. Maybe this maybe this next few months will have uh, some yeah. current movies. Because right after that is July uh, is Ju- uh, the month after that is July, and that is the release of Spider-Man: Homecoming. Oh, I God, I didn't know. See, I didn't even realize that Guardians was coming out this early. See, this is what I mean. I I, I had a bad idea. I had a bad uh, perspective. I thought it was coming out. out like in June, and then I thought November was Wonder Woman for some reason. No, it's gonna be quick. So we're gonna have to. We're definitely gonna have to get these uh, these done. I, I mean, people seem to enjoy to listen to episodes. Based on movies that they just saw in the theater, so yeah, or they um, may actually watch. Yes, they may have a, cha- a higher chance of having actually watched them. Um, 
the I guess this counts. The Kingsman sequel is coming out in September. That is a comic books franchise. So did not even know that there was a sequel. Um, and then of course we talked about Thor Ragnarok in also in uh, in later, later this year in November. Uh, bumping up right up against a week before the Justice League movie comes out um, in November. Hmm. So there well, is a, a lot, lot coming out. A lot coming out this year. Uh, I don't know if you saw too. They announced that they're making another X Men. I didn't see that. Really? Yeah, they're gonna do it. Dark Phoenix. They're gonna bring back the cast from most most of the cast from Apocalypse. Okay. Which well, I actually watched this weekend for the first time. I'm not looking forward to when we have to watch it. Again. <laughs> oh boy! It's not it's not a good movie, and I was shocked at how bad the the woman who plays Jean Grey is. It is, oh. it is the most insane acting I've seen of a person in a, like a blockbuster film in in decades. It's just <laughs> everything is like a straight line reading. She'll be just like, "I'm so upset by what's happening," and I'm just oh. like, "Real? Are you? I can't tell." Oh. So it's very bizarre. Uh, but there you go. I, I thought for sure they were going to try to hold off on making another X Men and wait a few years and reboot it, but I was wrong. So I'm glad we didn't bet on that. Audience. Well, uh, as always, I love to end on the note that Pogues was wrong. So thanks for joining us for another mini-sode, and we'll see you next week for Small Thing. Why am I wrong so often? <laughs> <laughs>